Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mark Lauderen, CIO at University of South Alabama Health System. In this segment, Lauderen talks about the dramatic change he's helping to lead across the system, the never-ending chess match CIOs are playing to keep data secure, and how he's communicating with his staff about the dangers of social engineering. So it really seems there's been um, a lot of a change in kind of a, the, the culture of, of the organization since you arrived, and it uh, seems like you kind of had a, a pretty big task there just as far as uh, you know coming in and uh, making some of these uh, changes to, to IS. And uh, I can imagine that that must have been pretty daunting in the beginning. I think it, it was and it wasn't. Um, you know, I've had some great support, one within the department. The the folks, I think, wanted change. They, they felt that they needed to change internally. And then my peers, the other administrators within the health system, have all felt that they needed to make their own changes. So we're all going through this, this metamorphosis, if you will, within the whole health system. Um, historically, the health system has been a, a, a very siloed organization. The Children's Hospital didn't work directly much with the medical center, which didn't directly work much with the physician practices, which didn't work with the Cancer Institute. So we've been working very hard since even before I got here to standardize and streamline those. So the, actually the first group across the health system that was actually standardized across the entire health system was the IS department. And so that's that's sort of the cataclysm that's happening. We're getting these these different things. And then you add into that the changes in health care that are driving change in general. Um, in Alabama, there's a, a Medicaid has implemented a program called RCOs, regional care organizations, that are going to drive us to a, a capitated rate for all of the Medicaid patients in our region, which is the seven-county region. And that's going to be very interesting. And all of this is driving change. It's not just us, but we felt that we needed a new information system to do, there, do that, and we felt that we needed a, a change in the way we ran information systems. But it's, not again, not just information systems. It's the whole organization is going through a similar change. And so I was just one of many... A lot of interesting. A lot, lot of change there. going on, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It seems like it keeps coming back to the whole uh, focus of uh, you know really having that health system mentality. Uh, yes. Instead of uh, you know the, the separate entities. Yeah, and that has been big for us. Um, my boss, Dan Hammock, who's the the head of the health system, has been driving that at least since I've been here and since long before that, I believe. He's done some changes, brought in people like Owen Bailey, who heads up our children's hospital, who was great at that, bringing folks together and, and, and escalated people like Beth Anderson, who heads our medical center, and Becky Tate, who heads up our ambulatory group. And we all sit down every week, and, and obviously also our finance folks, so Tracy Jones, the heads up our, uh, our finance area, our controller, and we sit down every Wednesday morning and we talk about what's going on and how do we work better as a system. And, you know, we don't want to get down to the individual issue. It's more the, the strategic and the, the longer term and how do we get to where we need to be to support all of the, all of the things that are changing in healthcare. Yeah, and, and you had mentioned to me offline that, that you do a lot of uh, traveling around uh, among the facilities. Is that that's pretty much how it's been for a while? Yeah, so um, we've got, as I mentioned, the two different hospitals. The ambulatory group is in a, a separate, the main headquarters are in a separate building. MCI is a, is a separate freestanding cancer institute. And then there's a back office building in the Spring Hill Avenue complex, which spells shack, and so we call it the shack, and it's an older 
um, less than ideal building, but with a lot of our back office folks, including IS and our accounting folks, and, and even a couple of small clinics are in this building. So we've got, and then all told, we've got about 28 locations across several counties. So um, I don't as obviously go to all of those, but I, I do go to the hospitals and the, the ambulatory and the MCI and, and, and the shack, which is where my office is. So I go between those fairly regularly to meet with the different folks in our organization, and and so does everyone else in IS. So it's a, it's a, and and all of the those primary buildings are probably no more than about ten miles apart, but it does require that we we drive back and forth. Right. Okay. And having that presence seems like it's something that's important. Actually, having that you know, that that FaceTime and uh, that open yeah. communication. Yeah. Face to face. I mean, you know, email's good for for quick. Um, you know, and or if you want to give a, a long, very straightforward write-up. But, you know, when you've got a, a tough decision, um, typically that's better given face-to-face. -face. Even over the phone can be okay, but typically that's better to given face-to-face. -face. When, it's, when it's not an easy yes or no answer and there's not, when it's, there's, again, a lot of the gray area, it's, it's not a, oh, yeah, 12. Answer's 12. Well, I wish right. it was 12. Right, right. All right. So, um, putting aside that uh, that small uh, project you have to go to Cerner, uh, <laughs> what are the other uh, really kind of um, you know pressing priorities for uh, for you guys right now? You know, there's there's not much going on in healthcare. I mean, you know, ICD tens, nothing big, right? You know, meaningful use, nothing big. Yeah, sure. You know, we we don't have anything going on. We were actually over here playing checkers yesterday. I'm kidding, of course. Um, you know, we've we've got a you know ICD-10 is we're counting down the clock. Actually, we are going to put a countdown clock out in the hallway here. But okay. uh, from an IT standpoint, an IS standpoint, we've we've done we believe everything that needs to be done. Now it's a more a, there's a lot of focus now within the organization, and and it's not being driven by us so much as the rest of the organization of getting people up to speed on how to do the coding and the different different program that you have for ICD-10 versus ICD-9. Um, we think we're ready for it, but you know the, the proof will be in the pudding when October we're able to drop bills and our our payers properly capture them. Um, we'll see, and then obviously meaningful use is is on everybody's mind. You know, we're uh, we're in the middle of stage two, but we're we're planning for stage three. Although it's still a moving target, you know that it's not finalized and. Like everybody, we keep looking at it and wishing that certain parts would change and maybe other parts wouldn't change and, you know, hoping that the, the dice will roll our way on, on what we like and what we don't. And we have to work our, with our vendors um, to make sure that they're ready for those. For the most part, we're, we're at their mercy for functionality. Then it's a matter of how do we implement that functionality to meet it. So we've got all of that. And then, you know, obviously we're playing more and more like everyone else with mobile devices, um, looking a lot at our information security footprint and how do we keep ourselves more secure. It's, it's a, it's a never-ending war, um, a chess match that goes on forever because every time we tighten something up somewhere, someone else seems to find a way to get around it somewhere else. We have yeah. been very lucky. We've had no major breaches. Um, we hope to continue that, but I, I uh, I point out that the probably the two most secure networks in this country are the DOD and the White House, and both of them have been hacked. Yeah. So I, I have told my board and others that will listen, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and all we have to be ready is for when it is to minimize it and to make sure that we're ready to respond. Yeah. 
it seems like when these breaches happen, they, they come in bunches, and we just had one a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's got to be uh, just very very scary or alarming or just making you want to uh, really tighten up as much as you can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it's a matter of we're, we can't solve all the problems, some of it because it's software outside of our control, and, and we're having to try and fence it off when, it, when identified, issues are identified with it. And then some of it is, you know, a lot of it, now a lot of the breaches if you look at the underlying it's you know it's social engineering they've they've convinced somebody to click on a on a link in an email or to download or hit a website that did a drive by on their computer and now they've loaded something on that they spearfished or whatever to get onto that computer and now they're they're using that computer to start weaseling their way in so one we have to work very hard. We actually send regular emails out. We have a newsletter that has a security corner that we send out that keeps reminding folks to, you know, be be aware of if that email you got isn't the one you expected from your friend Bob, don't open it. Yeah. If they send you something you weren't expecting, don't open it. If you're not sure, send it to us. We'll we'll check it. We'll scan it. So we we've implemented those types of things. But we're only we're only as secure as as the other 3,700 employees in the organization, and any one of them can open a hole, and we just have to be ready to try and respond when that hole hopefully notice that the hole's been opened and respond as quickly as possible. Yeah, and have you had people sometimes you know bring forward an email and saying that they're not sure? Like, is that something where you think people are are willing to kind of step? We it up get it that? regularly. We, yeah. Yeah, that happens regularly. We we have made it very clear. Like I said, we do a regular newsletter, and that's what we tell them. We tell them if they're not sure, send it to us, send it to, to myself, send it to our information security officer, send it to our support desk or help desk, and we will check it out for them. You know, if you're not sure, especially if it has an attachment, but as you know, attachments are not even necessarily the bigger risk nowadays. It's links yeah. and it's drive-bys. Right. If they're going out to websites, they shouldn't be, and not even realizing that they shouldn't be because it's it's not even, you know, if somebody has put up a, a, a bogus ad on a, on a regular website, um, and so we're, we're trying to fight that. And it's challenging because as a university organization, we have a lot of researchers here, and their job is to go out and find information. Their job is to be out there on the Internet. But that also puts them at risk, which puts us at risk. So yeah. we, we try our best to educate, educate, and then re-educate. Um, we use anonymous telling of what's, the stories of what's happening. We're not going to call individuals out, but we are going to point out when things have happened and, and how they've happened so that hopefully others will learn you know, we're not going to say Mark did this. We're going to say this was done in our organization. Here's an example of something you shouldn't be doing. And we've had a few people say, oh, really? I shouldn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> like, yeah, we've said that every every month in the newsletter for the last year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that, I mean, I guess that, that that's the best you can do. And luckily you've, uh, you've, been, you've done okay so far. So that's, um, yeah. that's good to hear. <laughs> Um, yeah, either we haven't been hacked badly yet, or we just don't know it. I think it's hopefully the the former, not the latter. But you know, that's like I said. I, I I try and warn people: it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. If yeah. the most secure networks in the world can be hacked, ours can be. It's just so far they haven't deemed us to be. You know, the the people that are really really good haven't deemed us to be a big enough target to go after us. The simple guy that you know, the high schooler that's sitting in his in his bedroom, he's not going to get through our network. He's not yeah. going to get in here. 
You know, those folks, they're not going to get through us or any other reasonably good healthcare organization. They're running a pretty decent shop. They're, they're not going to get in. But, you know, when, and I'm just making it up, some, some, some uh, third world country has an army of folks in a building somewhere and they decide they're going to focus on you, Yeah. you're not going to stop them. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.